Okay, so a couple of weeks ago we started uh, with a message, Daydream Believer. Those of you who are here will remember Catherine's wonderful rendition of the music. Looking at this question of is it okay to have dreams and ambitions? Is it okay for Christians to strive for something that may appear arrogant? may appear a little bit too big for us. And we concluded looking at the story of Joseph that God was okay with dreams and ambitions. As I shared last week, we followed it up with this idea of the walking on water, this challenge that God may lay before us, positive and negative sometimes, and how we respond to it. And would we respond like Peter did and say, you know what, Lord, if that's you, call me into it. Call me into it. On that, I just want to encourage you guys, uh, myself and Mark, Mark wasn't here last Sunday, and so me and Mark were catching up in the office, and as we said, we've got a deacons away day, and there's some things on the table that we believe God wants to do with us as a church to take us forward, and so we were discussing them, and some of them are big, some of them are small, but we were discussing them, and I just said to Mark, oh, it's funny, because last week I spoke, and I said, da 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 and it concluded with this idea, Mark, that we have to be willing to say to God, if that's you, call us into it. If it's you that's in that idea, call us. And so we came down the stairs, and we were about to leave to go to a meeting, and there was a note on the side, a letter, so Mark opened it. And the church had been left a legacy of £2,000, which is amazing, and was brilliant, and we were blown away, and kind of the day went on, busy people... And it wasn't until that evening that I stopped and I suddenly realized with a, if I'm honest, a huge level of fear that there was an outside chance that God was saying, it is me, and I am calling you guys into some stuff. But I just wanted to encourage you, God is doing something through this. None of that was planned. And we arrive today on this third message, Everything is Spiritual, in what seems like a very unplanned trilogy. At no stage was any message meant to have a follow-on. At no stage had me and Mark been organized enough at the start of the year to know that I would have three weeks in a row. And yet it seems like God was saying, you know what, I do have a plan. You're just not ready to have all three parts in one go. So we arrive today. Everything is spiritual. Three stunning little messages that have been packaged together to give us a view of a God who's on the move, who wants to do something with us. But I need to do a little demonstration for this morning to explain where we're going. So um, I've prepped these two. So I'm going to ask David and Gareth to come forward for me. So if you could, that would be wonderful, thank you. Uh, If one of you can stand this side and one of you can stand this side, you can go to the far side. Uh, So what they're going to do for me is they're just going to sample some foods. I promised them that nothing was grim and nothing is grim. The point of this isn't to make them eat things that are are vile. You'll also be pleased to know that I've got stuff that's nearly out of date so that there's no wastage uh, going into this. So I'm starting with red seedless grapes. So would you like... Do you eat red seedless grapes? I I do, I love red seedless grapes. Okay, good. That's where they could go afterwards. Red seedless grapes? You don't have to eat anything you don't like, by the way. There's no (laughs) weird thing going on here. Okay. So we're okay with red seedless grapes. Both of you like them? Okay. Uh, Let's go on to uh, a scotched egg. Do you like scotched eggs? Not particularly. Would you like, do you want to, you don't have to eat if you don't want to? I'll eat it, on. Promise me you won't throw up at me. Well, not with your thumbs in it. (laughs) I wash my hands. This is a high quality presentation. Okay, so we've done scotched eggs. You're going to have the oddest collection of flavours in your mouth. Okay, I've managed to pick up some reduced lemon and lime, or lemon and slime cake bars. Are we okay with lemon and lime? There you are. (laughs) 
Okay. So we've done red seedless grapes you're both okay with. Uh, we had the Jaffa cakes that you're now eating that you're okay with. The scotch egg, you were less of a fan. Did you? No, you didn't. Do you like scotch eggs? Okay. Well. All right. It's badly planned. Okay, before you finish, uh, salted peanuts? You're a fan of salted peanuts? Okay. You are, I wasn't expecting you both to eat quite as much as I'm giving you this morning, I won't lie. There's a whole other point here, I'm sure. So I can give you some of these. Thank you. Some of these. You're welcome to take any bits back that you want afterwards. Okay. Flaming Hot Monster Munch. Fan? Fat. I don't think you guys don't eat this. Is, you're ruining my point. Uh, so I won't take them because I know what you're like if I touch them. There you are. You can divvy the, the leftovers up afterwards if you want. Okay, I'll let you guys catch up a second if you can just... Work your way, wow. No, don't eat them one by one, just come on. Like you're watching sport, just throw them in. <laughs> okay, the Monster Munch, we're okay with that? No. <laughs> okay, Sprouts. Oh. Fan? Fan? They are frozen, I'm not gonna make you eat them. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Okay, you guys can sit down, thank you very much. Would you, David, as you uh, like these, there you are. Thank you very much. There you are. And the Scotch Day. Can I have a round of a thank you? There was a point to all of that. There was, I promise you. The point was this. Despite my best efforts, there was quite a lot of things they liked. But as we got down to the sprouts, Coops was not keen. Didn't like them. Hands up who likes sprouts. Hands up if you don't like sprouts. Hands up if there's not a chance you will ever eat a sprout. Okay, so there's a few of you. Good. The truth of the matter is, a sprout is still a food. Fair? Doesn't matter whether we like it or not, the truth of the matter is, a sprout is a food. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of jazz music. I appreciate that it's music, but I don't like it as much as I like other music. That doesn't stop it being music. Hands up if you like jazz. Hands up if you like dance music. Okay, so there's a mix, see? Not everyone likes everything. It doesn't stop it being music. The truth of the matter is, no one really likes Manchester City, but that doesn't stop them being a football team. It doesn't stop them being a football team because we don't like them. Coronation Street, in my eyes, is not really a TV show. It's just something that was always on as I grew up. But it doesn't stop it being a TV show. The point I'm trying to make is that when something is something, our opinion of it, how we view it, doesn't stop it being that thing. So when a food is liked or despised, it is still food. Plain and simple. Food is food. Music is music. Personal preference has no effect on that. And that's mine, and that's yours. So it leads me to this at the beginning of our Bibles. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Food is food, music is music, God created the heavens and the earth. We can't deny the food theory, so we can't deny God created everything. Everything. Another way to see it is in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing made that has been made. 
In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. God is in everything. Whether you like it or you dislike it, there is an essence of God in everything. And we understand that to be his spirit. And it's active in all of those things. But it's funny because we break life up into things we enjoy and things we don't enjoy. So it might be that we do a job to pay the bills and nothing else, but God's in it. It might be that we have a hobby we love and we do it to relax and unwind. God is in it. It might be that we choose to give up our Sunday morning to come to church. God is in it. Part one of our trilogy, God called us to dream, to reawaken some of those things that he had for us, huge, big-time dreams. Unrealistic things in many senses, unless God got involved. Secondly, we brought it home a little bit more. Rather than a 10-year plan, we looked at what's the thing in front of me? What's that challenge? What's that thing that God's doing that's bigger than me? And I need the faith to step out of the boat, but I need God to step in and stop me from sinking. (coughs) This week, we come in a little bit closer This week we focus in even more on the individual. What is the regular thing that God's put in front of you? What's the regular thing that you're faced with every day? Because for many of us, we don't have those amazing moments where we're called to step out of the boat. For some of us, a 10-year dream is a long way away. So how do we deal with the fact that not every day is a wow day? How do we deal with the fact that most days look like a Monday? And we get up and we have our breakfast and we go to work and we come home from work. How do we deal with the mundane? I believe it's crucial to dream. I believe it's so important that we have the confidence and the faith to step out. But I also believe God is in everything. As we read in those verses, God is in everything. So nothing is not spiritual. Nothing is not Spiritual. I'm going to read the passages that Anne read for us this morning again. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, the native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome, Paul went with them. And because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was Messiah. I wonder if we had to put those five verses in order of spirituality, which ones we'd choose. If we had to say which one is God doing something in, which one is the Spirit of God at most work in, we could probably work it out. We could begin to order them from one to five. Verses one, verses, verse five. Verse one reads, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And that faces off against this spiritual juggernaut. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. We read the mundane verse. And then we read the spiritual juggernaut verse. And we decide that God is in one of them and God isn't in the other one. 
We decide that God just had to be around when Paul was traveling, but God was really doing something when Paul was preaching. Church, that's rubbish. That's absolute rubbish, because we have to begin to accept that God is in everything, that everything is spiritual, which is a huge encouragement for us, because most days don't look like preaching from the front continually. Most days look like two or three people in the building and me making cups of tea and me preparing things that people don't see. Like with the food, God made all of it, whether we liked it or not. Like with music, God was involved in the influences and the people that made it, like it or not. It is all spiritual. All of it. God is doing as much in verse 1 as Paul travels, as God is doing in verse 5 as he preaches the word. God is doing as much in verse 1 as he is in verse 5. I don't know what your days look like. Drinking coffee, disciplining students, changing nappies, walking dogs. I don't know what your day looks like, but the encouragement is God is still in that as much as he is in here. God is still as active in those moments as he is in these moments. And that's a huge encouragement. So I want us to focus in on one key section of this passage. It's verse 2 and 3. There he met a Jew named Aquila a native of Pontus who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them. And because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. One of my favourite passages in the Bible, I was saying to Anne beforehand, one of my favourite parts, two displaced people who didn't really belong where they were, doing what they do, just doing life. Fairly normal. That was their profession. Paul comes along. An amazing spiritual CV of things that he's achieved and done. But yet, he was a tent maker. And these three people are drawn together by the mundane, by the non-spiritual part, as some of us would look at it. But what we see is God at work in everything. As I said, because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. God's in that. There's no miraculous conversions. There's no walking on water. No one's raised from the dead. But we have to believe God is in that as much as those other things. Because if I'm honest, my life looks like that. And I know you guys, and you're brilliant, but none of you have walked on water as far as I'm aware. So life looks more like this. So please be encouraged. This is still full of God. This is still a building block of all the things he's doing. This is key. Because God is in everything. Please hear me. I'm not discounting the value of last week's message and stepping out in those very clear moments. I'm not saying those wow moments aren't important. I'm not saying those dreams and those ambitions to do amazing things aren't important. What I'm saying is they come along infrequently, whereas life happens very, very frequently. So I'm massively encouraged 
Because God's in it all. And I want to challenge us, and I want to encourage us, and I want to break a mindset that we often carry. Let's stop idolizing the spiritual things of life. Let's stop living our lives chasing after something that looks spiritual. Let's stop frantically trying to present someone who is more spiritual than we are. Because it's a lie. Because as we read, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that's come into being, and everything that comes into being, has the essence of God within it, because the Word dwells in it. God is in everything. Therefore, everything is spiritual. Therefore, there is no spiritual hierarchy. This job is no more important than any other. This privilege is enormous, but so is the privilege that nurses have to care for people. So is the privilege that teachers have to teach, parents to raise. The list goes on and on and on of the things that hold immense privilege. Why? Because God's in them. God is at work in them. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? How do we respond to this idea that actually what we do is okay? What we do has the capacity to change the world. We all know what Paul went on to achieve, but yet here he's making key relationships. Key foundations are being laid that he is just forming in the mundane. Why? Because God's in them. So this is the challenge to take forward. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you are doing, God is in it. He is active. And our responsibility, our challenge, is to do all of it for his glory. That changes the outlook for tomorrow. That changes the outlook for Tuesday. That changes January completely because now suddenly I have nothing big in my diary because Christmas just blew out the bank. There's nothing exciting coming up, God. Well, this changes all of that because whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you're doing, do it to bring glory to God because somehow, some way, beyond our understanding, God is at work in it. God is not looking at your week going, you know what, I can't wait for you to get to Sunday so I can get involved again. God's not sat there all day long going, you know what, I know you say grace before you eat, so when you say it, I'm there. The rest of the time, I'm out. You're just not spiritual enough for me. He's not saying that. He is saying everything is spiritual. Please hear, big does not equal spiritual. Successful doesn't equal spiritual. Sorry, Visual does not equal spiritual. Why? Because everything, everything is. The way you talk to each other, the way you respond to the bad driver, everything. The way you give your offering, the way that you don't give your offering because of situations that people don't know about. God is in it. And he is at work in all of it. And it changes everything because suddenly every day is an opportunity and every situation is laced in the wonder of who God is. Suddenly we are left with a stark reality that making breakfast for our family, lift sharing to work, having a coffee break or walking the dog 
All of it is spiritual. All of it breaks this understanding that we hold of the secular and of the spiritual. All of those things help us to merge together a realization that God is not boxed and he is not held back and he is not restrained to a building or a prayer event. God is in everything. God is at work in everything. And our call is to do everything we do to his glory. You have no idea. You have no idea the impact that your kind words could have on a stranger. It's not because you're great. You're lovely people. It's not because you're great. It's because God is in every single word. You have no idea where this money's going to go and what it's going to achieve and the lives it's going to change. You are incredibly generous people. The reason it changes lives is because God is at work in it. You have no idea the profound effect, the way that you hold yourself without even speaking in front of people in certain situations is affecting them. You have no idea what they're seeing and what they're thinking and what they're processing. You may not have had any interaction with them personally, but they've watched and they've observed. And you've lived your life doing everything you do for the glory of God. And through it, the most mundane thing, God is at work. God is at work. If we let this sink in, it changes every day. Dreaming dreams and having ambitions is amazing. But that's the future. Walking into those huge opportunities, having the faith to say, Lord, if it's you, call me into it and I will step out of the boat is an incredible step of faith. Please, I encourage you, take those moments. But this... This is coffee after church. This is whatever you're doing this afternoon. This is Monday morning through to Monday evening. This is 24-7. This is every day. Whatever's before you, God is giving you an opportunity. So please, never look at the roles that people play and think, so much better than I am. So much more spiritual than I am. It's not true. God's not looking down with some spiritual pie chart or sticker chart where we're earning different stars. God's saying, you know what, I'm in everything and I want you to tune into it. And I want you to do everything you do for my glory. Let's see the world changed in the mundane as it is in the extraordinary. Let's see the world changed small piece by small piece as much as we do in the huge miraculous sign. Because that's the God that we love It's the God that was at work in the beginning and is at work in all of us. As I said, so often we break down how we look at life. This is just the thing I do and this is the thing I do for God. This is where I wear the good clothes and I say I'm fine. This is where I wear my slobby clothes and I just binge and watch TV. There is no divide Because God is saying to you this morning, I work in everything. I am everywhere. Why? Because everything has me in its creation, in its origin. Therefore, everything is spiritual. So I ask that we would agree to this. That we would let an acceptance wash over us. 
that even the mundane nature of stitching a tent is spiritual. Even the mundane nature of their day job was spiritual. And if we accept that, then we have a challenge to make sure that everything we do, be it in front of everybody or in front of no one, we do it to the fullness of the glory of God. Let's make sure we're inviting God into everything. Let's make sure we're aware of him in everything. Please, let's not waste days. Let's not waste moments because it's just what we do on a Monday. You have no idea the impact that Monday could be having on the world. So this morning I pray that we would make a difference to the world we live in and the lives of those that we interact with through the little things, through the mundane things that we dismiss. Why? Because food is food, and if we accept that, God is everywhere. Everything is spiritual. Let's pray.